Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Fox Nomad podcast. I'm your host, Fox Nomad Anul Polat. It is just me today, which hopefully is enough for you. I am excited to catch up with you. It's been a while since it's just been you and me talking, but I hope you've been enjoying the last few episodes because I think they've been really great. We've had some amazing guests. Uh, the the last episode uh, with Daniel Levin, absolutely fascinating. If you If you didn't catch that one yet... You should definitely, definitely uh, take a listen to that one because it is very much in the news again, uh, the topic. Um, but today, what I wanted to do was talk to you about a couple of things. We've got a lot going on around the site. Now, for those of you who've been following me for any length of time, you know that there are ebbs and flows in terms of how busy things get on different fronts. So, so like there's a a busy tech time, which is usually at the end of the year for for me on the YouTube channel. Uh, the podcast slows down in the summer because we go into hiatus, as you know, and we don't really have any episodes, you know, June, July, August. And then things, when it comes to travel, tend to pick up for me around now. So right before then, though, it's usually a quieter time. And that is true, except when it comes to the best city to visit travel tournament. Now, the last time, for those of you who are new to the podcast, every year since 2009, I have run on foxnomad.com on the site, I've run a best city to visit travel tournament. And I want to talk a little bit about that today. I want to talk a little bit about some other stuff going on. We're going to talk about T-Mobile and Mint Mobile and about that acquisition because I've gotten a lot of questions about that. I also want to talk about some some new tech that's coming out, coming up. And then also, if you're listening to this, hopefully you are listening to this now. I know we are a little bit late from last week and we're also a little bit late today. But if you're listening to this before April 2nd, you may be able to win a chance to visit Finland and stay in a luxury resort for free. How nice would that be? Uh, so, and we want to talk about a cup of a drink that you may not have heard of. It's quite popular in South America, but it is also quite illegal and not for the reasons that you think. All right. So let's start off uh, just kind of a, you know, loose, relaxed episode today. Uh, let's talk about the best city to visit travel tournament. Now, every March, actually it starts in, let's, let's take a swing back. It actually starts really for me in January. And the last time that we had the Best City to Visit Travel Tournament, that was way back in February of 2020. Now, you might remember that month as, you know, your best Valentine's Day ever. Or you might also remember that as the last month before the pandemic struck the world and everything shut down. So it was a really weird time to run the Best City to Visit Travel Tournament. Now, the Best City to Visit Travel Tournament is something that I cooked up in 2009. It is really based on March Madness in the U.S. So for those of you who uh, know about college basketball in the United States, every March there's a tournament where, you know, teams, college teams have been playing to to get into, you know, all the colleges around the United States play to get into this tournament. And out of all of those schools, it comes down to 64 uh, colleges that get accepted in the tournament if you win, you move on. If you lose, you're out. It's a one-in-one type of thing. Now, March being kind of the slower time for the site, I was like, oh, you know, this this would be a great uh, thing to run every 
March because it's, you know, let's see how it goes. And then I can go to the winning city. Um, and you have taken the best city to visit travel tournament, all of you crazy people, and just made it way bigger and more intense than I could have ever imagined. And it has taken me to places like Porto, to Granada. It has taken me places all over the world, uh, to villages in Romania, to, uh, you know, any city that you could imagine. It's really just taking me to places that I never thought I would visit, really, to be honest. And the passion that people put into the competition is fantastic. What I love about it is in the first round, it's open to anybody. It's the first 64 people who can email me back when I make the announcement uh, through my newsletter. So, you know, those fill up basically in the first day. Uh, we have a lot of repeats so that there are usually a couple slots left after that first day, mostly because people have been repeating, you know, the, the, the same city. So it's one city per person. And the winner of that city gets to, they win $1,000. That's the prize this year. Every year, the prize is a little bit different. I like to give away cash. This year, it's $1,000. So uh, right now, we start off with 64 cities. Many of them are big ones, right? So you've obviously have probably heard of Bangkok and Seattle and Cancun, but you might not have heard about Oradia, for example, or Elo, for example. There are all these smaller places that make it into the tournament, which are fascinating. Uh, some behind the scenes, what people don't know is when people nominate the city, there's like two categories of, of people I've noticed. Some people will just like email me back with a city and a country. They'll be like, you know, Stockholm, Sweden. All right, fine. Uh, you know, and a lot of the times you know, I don't recognize who's entering or the emails is, you know, the, the newsletter has, you know, thousands and thousands of subscribers. So I don't, you know, I don't really know who's nominating stuff, but with the smaller places, I usually get a little story. Usually people write a couple of lines about why it's so great, uh, why they hope it wins, why more people should know about it. And those are the cities that I just love. That's why I love this tournament. It really is like Tucson is on here, for example. You know, I would have never thought someone in the world would think Tucson is the best city to visit. I've never been there. So it makes me curious now. It's on my travel radar. Uh, the same thing can be said for, uh, let's see. I'm looking at the, some of the cities. And if you've, you obviously, we, we had a whole episode on the best city to visit travel tournament a couple of weeks ago. But right now, the tournament has been just wild, like recapping. And we've got a championship right now that you can vote in, foxnomad.com. We've got Singapore, who was the champion in 2020. I did not visit Singapore that year. Obviously, the pandemic really you know, hindered my hindered my plans, did not make that very possible. However, there's an underdog here. Now, if you recall back a couple of weeks ago when Derek uh, Barron had joined the podcast, we were kind of trying to guess which cities would advance and we had the pool so people could win things. You could, you know, participate in the, in the tournament. And it looks like, you know, we were thinking Seville would go very far. Uh, we were thinking places like Sydney or Melbourne would go very far. We were thinking, you know, that Porto would do pretty good. And we were kind of wrong, honestly, aside from Porto, really, uh, there's the left side of the bracket, the, the, Elite eight were Bilbao, which is in Spain, Porto, Portugal, Montevideo, and Helsinki. 
I did not give Helsinki one shot to go far at all in the tournament. And right now they're in the championship. It's Helsinki versus Singapore. For those of you listening, I'm going to pull up the responses right now and look at the answers in the competition. And Singapore has a strong lead right now, but it is very early. So it could really go either way. I'm I'm honestly surprised that Singapore is doing so well. It's been solid every step of the way in the tournament. But Helsinki has been really, really quietly beating some big cities. Like Helsinki beat Montevideo. Okay. You would think, all right, that may be a little bit of an easy matchup. You know, Montevideo is not such a big city. But it also beat Wellington, which was crushing. Like it crushed Kuala Lumpur. It crushed Lahore. Like, you know, Wellington is a pretty... New Zealand is pretty popular. And we are now... Helsinki and Singapore. Singapore is leading, although I don't, I'm kind of wondering if Helsinki can't pull this upset off. I think it would be fantastic. It would just be just like nobody would have guessed. I just looked at the pool that, you know, where people could enter in the cities. Nobody guessed Helsinki in the final, like 0% of the people, nobody. Out of all of the pool responses that I got, every single one, which there were hundreds of them. It took me forever to go through those uh, spreadsheets and the, you know, the the pool that you all filled out. Nobody picked Helsinki to be in the final. Singapore was pretty popular to go all the way, but man, this is going to be an interesting one. If you haven't yet voted, foxnomad.com. Make sure you go there before Wednesday. You can vote and determine who will win $1,000 and you can also determine where I'll be going this year. So, as I start to plan out my travels for the rest of the year, I have a loose, loose plan. Uh, uh, there's just been a, a, a couple of delays, uh, a couple of things, uh, you know, projects I'm working on, things I have to take care of before I go. But uh, a, a loose plan is is coming into focus. And I'm really excited to hit the road again and share some travel videos with you. I hope all of you are listening. have also been checking out the live streams. So throughout the Best City Competition. I've been doing a series of live streams on YouTube with guests, sometimes solo, playing games, doing trivia, challenging our travel experts who have been guests, um, all kinds of stuff, chatting with you live, giving away things through the live chat. It's really been a lot of fun. I don't do a lot of live stuff in general. I don't do live streaming on YouTube. Really, the last one was like 2018 that I saw uh, but I, I think I'm going to start to make it, you know, when I'm in one place, I've got good internet and around the competition, around the Best City Contest, it's a lot of fun. So if you're listening to this on April 1st, 10 a.m. U.S. Eastern, 4 p.m. Italian time, which is CET, I believe. Uh, so basically six hours ahead of New York time, U.S. Eastern time. Uh, you can also go to YouTube, Fox Nomad, and then you'll you'll be able to find the live chat and get a notification when we go live. We will be doing a live chat. Why Italy time I'm mentioning? Well, a lot of you are in Europe, but also because my guest will be Claudia Tavani. She is a Sardinian writer as well as traveler. Her website is My Adventures Across the World. She's going to be joining me. And if you saw the last live chat I did with uh, The World by Hege, writer Hege, uh, you know that I have some surprises in store and some challenges for our guests. So you can participate in those too, win some stuff. It's a lot of fun. We just hang out. It's a nice way to have spend some time on your Saturday morning or your Saturday afternoon. 
Uh, and if you're in Asia, it's a nice way to hang out on a, on a Saturday night and have some fun with us. So if you're around, please, uh, please join. Uh, all right, enough of that. Enough catching up on all things website and all things going on in the Fox Nomadverse. Let's talk a little bit about T-Mobile and it buying Mint Mobile. Now, for those of you who follow me on YouTube, and if you don't, like, just go there and subscribe right now. Uh, for those of you who follow me there, you probably know that I made more than a few videos on Mint Mobile. It's a topic that really a lot of people have been interested in. And it's just a topic that like I went from reviewing it and then to finding missing data and then to testing whether or not Mint Mobile was inaccurately calculating people's data. It was like a whole rabbit hole. There's like a bunch of videos. Go watch them. As I was making, as I just put out my last video about Mint Mobile, thinking, okay, this is the the end of the, the chapter on Mint Mobile for a while, you know, after looking into a possible resolution for the data missing data and all of that, it turns out T-Mobile bought Mint Mobile. They acquired Mint Mobile. They actually acquired the company that owns Mint Mobile, which includes Ultra Mobile and a couple of other smaller, what are called MVNOs, Mobile Virtual Network Operators. Now, you probably know that Mint Mobile is owned in part by Ryan Reynolds. I think he owns about 25%. Through the sale of the, you know, Mint Mobile being bought by T-Mobile, he received like something like $336 million. So nice payday for him. A lot of people were pretty upset. They were a little bit upset. So, um, you know, like Mint Mobile, see Mint Mobile before when Ryan Reynolds came on, which was like 2016 or 17, was kind of this like rebel budget cell phone provider, right? They give you, you know, this cheap service, you know, it's like $15 a month for five gigabytes or $20 a month for 10. You get basically a contractless situation. So you can just sign up. And if you don't pay after three months, you don't renew, then your service stops, right? No problem. And you get talk, text and data, and it had pretty good service. Why? Well, because it was using T-Mobile's towers. That's the way an MVNO works. Now, most MVNOs are very small. Most MVNOs are very boring. Most MVNOs have crappy websites. They have terrible apps. If they even have mobile apps at all, they're very difficult to use. So the world of the MVNO is, look, I'm T-Mobile, right? Imagine I'm T-Mobile and I have, I'm just throwing out an example number. I have 100 cell phone towers, okay? Across the United States or, you know, Germany or wherever in the world, whatever country. I have 100 towers. And obviously people can sign up for T-Mobile. So those T-Mobile users pay 40 or 50 or $60 a month, right? I have to make sure, number one, I've got 100 towers. Let's say I fill up 50 of those, right? Even if I fill up 95 of those towers, I got to start building more towers because you don't want the network to get too congested because then people will start getting dropped calls and then... Their, their data will be slowed down. You always want this buffer room on the network, right? And you don't want to piss people off and give them a bad experience because then at their end of their contract, they can leave. So you always have this buffer room. All right, so I'm T-Mobile. I've got 100 towers. I've got 50 of those towers filled up, 
in terms of cost. I've got enough customers to pay for half of my towers. Now, towers are very, very expensive. They're not only expensive to put up, there's licensing costs to, to put out those radio waves, and they're very expensive to maintain. I mean, you see them, those towers are everywhere. Like you probably drive by some, you know, if you live in a, in a city and you're like, oh, okay, what's the big deal? Yeah, but there are also towers that are like in suburbs or in rural areas or on mountains, places that are harder to get to and towers get struck by lightning. You know, they need regular maintenance. They need to parts change. There's weather, you know, there's all kinds of stuff going on. And it's very expensive to send people out and maintain them. So towers are not, you build it and then they're done that you build them and then you've got to maintain them. So that's very expensive. And the cost of T-Mobile's towers is over a billion dollars a year just to maintain them. That's a lot of money. So what companies like T-Mobile do is, let's say they've got 50, right? If they're only selling half of their towers, they're going to want to try to fill up the rest so that they could, you know, pay for their infrastructure. Well, the challenge there is, you know, you're doing your best to get as many customers as you can and you're charging people, let's say, $50 a month. So what you can do now is you can take the rest of that network space that's free. And again, like I, this is just kind of a an analogy, right? There, there's, there's more complexities that, that are going on and it's not one-to-one, -one, but just for a visualization, you have 100 towers, you've sold 50 of them. Now you want to try to get back the cost because otherwise that other half of your network, which is $500 million a year to maintain, is going to be coming out of your pocket. You're not able to maintain, you're going to lose money, right? So what you do there is you take, you get offers from other companies like Mint Mobile. So Mint Mobile or Ultra Mobile or whatever, let's go with Mint. They're smaller, they've got a smaller customer base. What they do is they say, hey, we want to buy 10 of your towers, right? 10, we want to buy, you know, this chunk of data from your network. And think of that in terms of towers. It's not really, but just, you know, for visualization, let's go with that. So Mint Mobile comes along and says, I want to just buy, you know, 10 of your towers, 10% of your network. You know, what's the bulk price? And they get a bulk price. And then in their contract, they can then resell that service on to other people. So Mint Mobile can take that network service from T-Mobile and then resell it to you for cheaper. Now, why can they do it less expensively? Well, for a couple of reasons. Number one is they don't have stores. They don't have physical salespeople. They run completely online. So they cut out the cost of brick and mortar. They also cut out the cost of, you know, physical representatives. And what they can do, what T-Mobile can do then is when the network gets busy, like let's say you're at a sporting event, let's say you're going to a concert where there are a lot of people and a lot of people's phones who happen to be on T-Mobile, there's only, you know, a limited number of net network towers in the area. So those network towers are going to get busy. What T-Mobile can do is say, hey, Mint Mobile, we're going to slow down your network service or cut you off from the network when things get busy so that we can prioritize our higher paying customers, our T-Mobile customers. And that's the deal you make with an MVNO, whether it's Cricket Wireless, whether it's Boost Mobile, whether it's Mint Mobile. It doesn't matter. That's always the deal you get. And for most people, that doesn't really matter. Like if you don't live in a 
big city, you don't go to concerts or sporting events. Like if you're not around really crowded situations, chances are you're never going to experience being throttled or slowed down. You might be slowed down a little bit, but so, you know, like half of your data speed might be gone. But like, again, you're not going to notice. You, you can still stream your video from YouTube. You can still listen to your podcast. You can still do all the stuff you were going to do. And so that slowdown is not going to be noticeable. And if you live in a crowded city, you go to a lot of sporting events and concerts, you're probably going to notice it. But at the same time, if you're going to like a sporting event or a concert or a festival, you're probably going to be focused on that stuff and not on your phone as much. And the slowdown is not going to be such a big deal. Like you can still send text messages and get emails and things like that. So that's the trade. That's how that works. What's interesting though, is two things happen that make Mint Mobile really lightning in a bottle. And the first one is that Mint Mobile, you know, Ryan Reynolds invests in Mint Mobile and Ryan Reynolds go undergoes this ridiculous career resurgence, right? Like he kind of had a drop for a while. It was very popular for a while. He had a drop. And then, you know, he saw somebody leaked the Deadpool test footage that he had filmed, right? And it got so popular on the internet, went viral. They made a Deadpool movie and boom, Ryan Reynolds is now the biggest thing on the planet. He's also part of the Deadpool, part of the Deadpool character and part of his persona, you know, is that the persona is this being this wisecracking, funny, relatable guy, right? Like that's kind of the character that he plays in the public and in a lot of movies. And what he could do for Mint Mobile was be that spokesperson, right? You, There are thousands of MVNOs in the United States. I doubt you could name more than four. I can barely name more than four. And I've done videos on like 10 of them. So he put Mint Mobile on the map. He made them recognizable. He positioned them in a marketing way to make them like I said in, in the latest video I made about the acquisition that they were sort of like a pirate ship, like a rebel pirate ship going around against, you know, the, the established, you know, the empires of, you know, the English empire. These are the pirates that were doing good. They were like the Robin Hood. You know, there was this characterization, right? That this great marketing. This is just an MVNO. They, like I said, they do not have any cell towers. They're using T-Mobile's towers. They don't have any stores and they put out a good product. They put out a good app. They put out great online service. They put out a fantastic website, which made everything really, really, really easy. A lot of the MVNOs that I review are a pain. Like you have to call to cancel. Like who wants to do that? You know, nobody, I don't want to do that. The benefit of an MVNO and just being, you know, like living now and not in like 1954 is that I want to be able to do things online and without human interaction, right? So Mint Mobile gets this down, boom, boom, boom. And they've got a great color scheme. You know that color, Mint Mobile. You can think of that. You can see that. You've got Ryan Reynolds as your spokesperson, which adds a lot of trust because he has that everyday, everyday guy persona. He's really popular. He says he's a Mint Mobile user. He's talking about it. He's in all of the ads. Their ad campaign is ridiculous with green screens. It, it, it has the feel of like a, like just some guy making YouTube videos as ads, even though there's a big budget behind Mint Mobile. What's unusual about the situation now is that T-Mobile just acquired Mint Mobile. Like they just grabbed 
the the parent company and a couple of other MBNOs that are there. But the big acquisition was Mint Mobile. Now, T-Mobile has about 110 million users in the U.S. T, uh, Mint Mobile only has 3 million users. Like They've only got like 3 million users. It's not T-Mobile didn't make this a grab for users. They didn't need those users, but the marketing positioning has just been so great that they were like, we want some of that. We want to take that. And Mint Mobile had been shopping itself around to maybe they were going to switch over to AT&T's towers. Maybe somebody else was going to buy them. There were these rumors floating around. So T-Mobile takes the initiative. They grab Mint Mobile. They now own Mint Mobile. And what's going to happen? Well, first of all, a lot of people who are Mint users, there was kind of this backlash against Ryan Reynolds, which I don't think is fair. Number one, $330 million, right? It's a good business decision. Number two, he only owns 25% or so of the company. He's a minority owner of Mint Mobile. It wasn't just his decision, right? Like he has to work with the board and the other investors and everybody else who has, you know, a stake in the company. So it's not just him. I don't think they necessarily sold out. They were already using T-Mobile's towers and... When you're an MVNO, when you're using somebody else's towers, you're at their will. Like, you know, they might not renew their contract and say, you've got to switch. You've got to go to AT&T or Verizon, which would be a pain for Mint Mobile, which change, changes the, you know, the background service that they're using. Um, there's a lot of, you're really constrained as an MVNO as to where you can go in the market, right? You, you can only grow so big until you either get acquired or you're booted off the network. Most likely, you most of them are trying to get acquired. But, you know, there's a chance that you could get booted off the network, you know, that T-Mobile, AT&T, Verizon just goes, you know what, it's not worth it. You're too small. You've only got, you know, 300,000 customers or whatever, something like that, right? And then you're just off the network. You don't have a network home you can't find, and then you're out of business. So what's interesting Again, this is a backlash. I don't think Ryan Reynolds deserves a lot of the backlash. It's for from his standpoint, it's a wise business decision. He obviously invested in Mint Mobile to make money. That's why you invest in things. He did not invest in Mint Mobile. He may have believed in the future of MVNOs and a company like Mint Mobile and saw that its positioning was maybe better than others, but it's not like he was, you know, trying to trying to cure a disease, right? It's 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 something that he believed would be profitable. And, you know, that's why that's why he did it. And the sale, like I said, it wasn't completely his decision. He's only really is a minority uh, owner as, as far as I, as far as has been disclosed. So what's going to happen now? Other than that, yes, we have the backlash. Uh, nothing is going to really change until the end of the year. The acquisition is not going to be finalized until the end of this year. And then Mint Mobile is going to be like all of the other MVNOs that T-Mobile has bought. It's going to be Mint Mobile by T-Mobile. It's going to have the same branding. Ryan Reynolds is still held on for a, a creative role. And that's because the main part of acquiring Mint Mobile is him. Like his marketing, his tie to that brand is very, very, very strong. It's a huge selling point. They got Mint Mobile for Ryan Reynolds, really. I mean... You know, there's a lot of MVNOs out there. There may even, may even be MVNOs with more customers. But 
only one comes with Ryan Reynolds. So they're going to do that. At the end of the year, probably nothing's going to change. They still have their referral program, but it seems like it's going to end. So if you were a Mint Mobile user and you referred your family or friends, you would get $100 worth of credit. Nice deal. I've gotten an email saying that that is going to end soon, probably in the next month or so. Um, so hey, if you want to switch to Mint Mobile and you're in a, already a Mint Mobile customer, it's time to, time to change. So, uh, And then I think, like I said, it's going to be incorporated into the T-Mobile branding and then get just worse. Like, it's not going to get better. It's not going to get better for you. They're not going to make it cheaper. It's already pretty inexpensive. They're not going to give you more options and more deals. They're not going to compete with their own plans or their own other MVNOs, and they do own other MVNOs. It's not going to get better. It's going to get progressively worse. And I imagine in like two to three years, the thing that you know as Mint Mobile is not going to exist. The brand will exist, but the rebel pirate ship mobile service, budget, fighting against the big guy, giving you great options as a consumer is going to disappear. That's just how it works. And I'm not just, that's not just full conjecture. That's what's happened to the other MVNOs that have been bought by the big carriers. That's what happened, which is sad because like I said, I, I think T-Mobile was one of those companies that was really shaking up the market, really gives you more options and really doing something very creative in the MVNO space. Um, and yeah, so it's a shame. I don't think we're going to see something like that in the MVNO space for a long time. Lightning in a bottle. You get Ryan Reynolds. He's the character. He's the Deadpool. He's just that guy that was just the perfect fit to be the head of the head or the face of a company that seemed like it was rebelling against, you know, the big guys. Not anymore. So RIP Mint Mobile. All right couple of other things. Let's, uh, let's turn to some, some happy talk. Let's turn to some happy talk. All right. We're going to go to Finland right now. I want to give you a chance to go take a free trip to Finland and teach people how to be happy. So this is from CN Traveler. Finland is the always ranked one of the happiest uh, countries in the world. Oh, and by the way, it is also Helsinki is also a finalist in the best city to visit travel tournament. There you go. That's why people are happy. They're voting. They're happy to vote. And you should be happy to vote. Whoever you want, Singapore or Helsinki, go vote. So Finland is the happiest country in the world. And they want you to know what that's like. Are you unhappy? Do you live in a not happy country? Are you having just not all the Finnish fun you could be having? Well, Finland has a happiness plan for you. It's called Finding Your Inner Fin. It is a program held at the luxury resort Kuru in Finland's Lake District, and it will give you the opportunity to delve into the region's breathtaking natural beauty, indulge in impeccable food, music, and more. You will be invited to stay in a private villa surrounded by pine forests and breathtaking views. And man, oh man, I know the podcast is audio only right now. You're listening to me, but you're not seeing what I'm seeing. It is beautiful. You will get a private sauna and a spa. How nice. Your activities will include getting acquainted with the Lake District, exploring the lush forest, and other adventures that will help you spend quality time with nature and experience the essence of Finnish culture. Oh, and travel and accommodations are covered as well. How nice. The only catch, the only catch, 
is that you have to agree to be filmed throughout your visit for use for Visit Finland's advertising. And hey, you're going to be really damn happy. So why wouldn't you want to be filmed and help them advertise Finland? So how to apply? Listen to me right now, people. Listen to me. Do you hear me? Yes. This episode is going out on March 31st, which means you're probably going to be listening to it on March 31st or April 1st. You have until April 2nd, like two days, less than 48 hours. You need to go to the Visit Finland website, okay? You need to complete a social media challenge by creating content on Instagram or TikTok, explaining why you want to participate in the masterclass and what makes you believe that you might secretly be a Finn. You will need to share this post with hashtag findyourinnerfinn, F-I-N-N, and hashtag visitfinland, F-I-N-L-A-N-D. To apply, you just need to be 18 years old. You must be fluent in English, outgoing and open-minded, which obviously you would be, right, if you're applying for this kind of trip. And you shouldn't represent any brands, and you should be comfortable with being filmed. Ah, oh. <laughs> well... So you say, huh? April 2nd, huh? I, uh, that's tempting. That's really, really, really tempting. Anyway, I hope you guys all apply. I hope you all win. I want you all to be as happy as a Finn, really. Uh, it seems like a great opportunity, a great way to just, you know, be happier and get a free trip. I think that's great. That's a great uh, campaign. You know, we've seen some of these pop up before. They get a lot of advertising for the resort and for the country. And a couple of lucky people will end up going to a very happy place. I also may be going to this happy place. But it's all up to your votes. Will Helsinki or Singapore, the food capital of Southeast Asia or maybe the world? Or am I going to the happiest country in the world? I'm really excited to find out. I don't know. I love it. It's like you guys are making my travel plans for me. Uh, thanks very much for listening to this episode of the podcast. We've got a couple of other topics, but I'm going to save those for the next episode. I hope you join the live stream tomorrow. I hope that you win a trip to Finland. I hope you just have an awesome day. I hope you're you're happy and healthy and go enjoy the rest of your day because this is the end of this episode. Thank you all very much for listening. Make sure you give the podcast five stars wherever you're listening to the Fox Nomad podcast. Right now, the Fox Nomad podcast has more listeners than it has ever had, which is great because we've been doing this now. Like We don't want less. We want more, which is fantastic. And it's all because of your support. Like I see your tweets. I get your emails. I hear your messages. It's really, really appreciated. You are the 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 rebel pirate band of misfits going out there and really spreading the word about this podcast. And I appreciate it very, very, very much. You are all my Ryan Reynoldses. Um, so a great way that you can spread word about the podcast is to leave five stars wherever you listen to the podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, all of those I can think of. But, you know, five stars and a couple of kind words and say, do you like the sound of my voice or something like that? Uh, anyway, Thank you all for listening, but until the next episode, I hope you have a great rest of your day.